What's up out there? I'm John. I'm here with my friend Johnny. What? Another episode of Talk About That. Yes. Yeah. We're here. We are here. Johnny, we've been so consistent for so long now that people are beginning to write in about it. Are right about the consistency? Yeah. No, no, they're not. That's just me. I just, I wanted to acknowledge We heard that a long time ago. If you're going to do a podcast, you can't just, you can't just halfway do it. You got to do it. Right. They got to know every Monday, I can count on you guys, even if it's bad. So we made it a point to put out bad content every Monday. Bad content, but it's reliable. (laughs) Well, the first year we were a little bit flakier. We were. By by we, I mean you. Yeah. But I I hate to bring it up. I'm sorry. But you travel a lot. You are the guy that keeps this going because... If it was up to me... Because I have nothing else. Yeah. Wait. No, go ahead. <laughs> if it was up to you, what? If it was up to me, it would just be... It would be very scattershot, for sure. You think so? You're the rock, John. Is this where we need to unpack what's going on inside of you? No. So... There's can... too much. <laughs> There's too much to unpack. The case is too tightly stuck. I'm going to leave it there. Yeah. Uh, we actually have a guest today. We're not going to say who it is, No, we're but, blink- we'll, we'll unveil. But coming up later, we have a, a special guest. Yeah, don't miss it, guys. Don't... Whatever... If we've not impressed you so far, don't turn it off because this is... You're going to love it. It's yeah, I was in a meeting buddies. yesterday and they were talking about how... Uh, it was fascinating. We were talking about books and he was like, you know... Ooh, books. That is fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> you're the worst. But he said... My agent, who I love to death, Robert, he said... He said, you know, the thing about a book is, is one, it's not like a $25 investment. Mm-hmm. And unlike a television show or even in church, like in church, you know, you can sit through, if you don't like the preacher, you can sit through for like 45 minutes. Or if there's a show or a movie, if you don't like it in the first two, three minutes, yeah. you know, you might stick with it to see. But if somebody picked up a book, like no one's going to know. If you don't grab in the first couple of pages, no one's going to know. They're just going to put it down. Yeah. Like, you'll never know that they didn't. That's but, true. But you just go, I sold a bunch of books, but you don't know if it's on the case. Like, we talked about the bookcase of books, and a lot of people haven't read all the books. Yeah. He said, <laughs> it's funny, he said, I have a, so many books that have a boarding pass on page 20. Like, oh, if I go and find them on my shelf and open that's up. That's where he gave yeah, up. Yeah, he said, I was on the plane, and they lost me. They didn't catch me in 20 pages. I was done, you know. So, Man. Such, a, such a cool I wonder way. if there's boarding passes on any of your books, John. I don't know. As it were, proverbial boarding well, passes. Well, most people don't, you don't, don't print boarding passes anymore. So how would you know? I use the printed boarding pass. Do you really? Because I don't like the way that the digital thing holds up the line. Because it never is quite right. They have to move your phone. Is your brightness on high? It's a whole thing. So I just go, <laughs> here. Here's my pass. I printed it. Wow. I didn't print it at home. You, I printed it at the thing. Do you print kiosk. it like, okay, so no, you print, print it there. It I'm not wasting money. Because you have to check. You have to check luggage anyway. I have to check luggage anyway. So you might as well go and print it. Because I, I don't ship any of my merch. I fly, I fly it all with Can me. Can I ask you a very important question? Yes. Very pertinent to life and to Please. this conversation? Yes. When you go to the Nashville airport, do you always walk around by the United Airlines place to come through security because it's a shorter line? Usually. But I'm pre-checked. So I the am pre-check too. line is usually short, too. But yes, the pre-check line, if it's a big day, yeah, I'll go around because it's always small. Yeah, this always really small. wasn't pertinent. I just I wanted to ask you. You're right. It's just... a little travel tip if people didn't know. Well, I don't want to tra- tell them because then they're going to make the line longer for the rest of us. Okay, keep doing what you're doing, yeah, people. Just if walk you're in that southwest, that huge line. Do what line. you do, you bunch of lemmings. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> you're not helpful at all. Oh, do you have clear? No. So, That's I'm like just, the retinal scan. Yes, it's a retinal slash uh, fingerprint. And it works as a passport. By the way, so don't slash your fingerprint. Don't it messes slash it all up. Mm-mm, messes yeah, everything up. Blood all over the machine. I had mine removed so I could commit crimes. That's good. When you go overseas, I think it's like your passport too, right? So it's like, it's international. It's the thing about clear that's different. Is it really? Yes. It was more expensive. You know, that's what I heard about it. It was like clear is good if you travel internationally because it's in all the international airports. So I, I'm not sure what it is. I just know the lines are much shorter than TSA uh-huh. pre And they walk you through. 
And here's what I don't know about pre-check, and I don't mean to sound like a traveling diva. I've been on the, in, in a lot God, of airports lately. You're so bougie lately. today. But I got to I got to ask this question. Yes. I see lots of people in pre-check line who obviously went through. Uh, they they paid money. Yes. They paid over a hundred dollars. They no, went, it's eighty five dollars for five years. My bad. My bad. Sorry. They paid why almost. Would you, why would you impugn the character almost, of TSA? <laughs> our wonderful TSA employees. Almost a hundred dollars. They went okay. and sat through an interview. Yes. Right. And so, but they're still there and they don't know what to do. Yeah. Like they're still a, taking off the they're still belt. still taking off things. And stuff. It's like, and sir, it's, you just want to take off clothes. It's like, hold At this point, <laughs> you, you guys, that's wanna, your own problem. And I'm just, and, and I don't mean to be frustrated, but like we joined this club because all of us were going to be travelers. And we were going to go through I faster. I think it's adorable you think it's a club. Than the non-travelers. <laughs> we're going to do this so I can get through this we're faster. in a club. And instead people are still like, yeah. well, what do I do with my laptop? Well, now some I'm ladies like, and guys, they know like my boots have metal in They're going to set off the detector. See, I, get, I don't think it's that. Yeah. Not some of the people. I don't mean to be stereotypical. First of all, if you fly and you wear boots, you're doing it wrong. Right, I don't like already. the pajama people either. Well, That's part too of the, far over the spectrum. Yeah. I'm in the middle. Like, Remember when flying used to be you got dressed up? And of course, they also smoked on the planes. Too. Right. But anyway, like now we have people who just like they get in their jammies and bring like a shawl blanket over them. And they're, they, didn't do, they didn't even fix their hair. Yeah, I see a lot of that. But what I'm saying is still dress for comfort. Don't be pajama person. But don't wear boots with heels. Yeah. So here's the doing? thing. Here's the thing about boots, though. Sometimes the reason I might wear boots in the airport, there is a reason. Okay, we're not talking cowboy boots, though, John. I don't, you don't wear cowboy. I don't boots. own cowboy. I, mean, I might wear boots or my larger shoes because that way they didn't have to go and take up so much room in the suitcase. So I might oh, wear the larger okay. shoes or the heavier shoes on the flight. This has been travel tips with John. Wow. And Wow. Hey, speaking of meetings, uh, you want to hear the, the dumbest thing I've ever done in my life yesterday? You had a meeting and said dumb things? Before I, I do that, I'd like to throw shade at Dane Allen for a second. Oh, because this is his, the best story. His story, and we've told it on the podcast before, and I hope he's <laughs> listening, but it is still the greatest story of all time. It is. It I, makes, wanted, I want to somehow do it in, on stage because it's that funny. It's so great. So back when I was managing Dane's band, uh, it was called Skyhook back then, uh-huh. and we had we would go around and they put out some really great music and so I was really trying to shop them to record labels and everything and so since since then they have a record deal they're a different name now but we went to EMI which was like a big deal EMI is like wow so yeah. we went into EMI and I was I coached these boys up mm-hmm. like guys you know say this say this appear this way you know answer this way here's how to you know, answer it humbly but also with because sometimes freaked, you freaked them out though is what you did maybe a little bit <laughs> maybe a little bit you overcoached so he walked in I mean like we were so ready and we met the guy and and he walked in and the guy goes hey my name is Brad and Dane sticks out his hand his hand and he goes hi I'm Brad <laughs> and the guy goes well, your name's Brad too and Dane was like. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Dane. I don't know. How he you doing? just I'm repeated Brad. what the guy said. He did. He just hated it. I'm Brad. Yeah. I'm Brad too. Yeah. <laughs> we'll all be Brad. <laughs> and then we didn't get the deal. I don't know no. that. I don't, That's not the No, reason. it wasn't, Dane. If you're listening, you did not tank <laughs> everybody's career just because you called yourself by the wrong name. So don't feel you it. You know what? I'm the kind of person, if that happened to me, I would change my name to Brad just to avoid <laughs> After that, I'm for, Brad. I'd be that embarrassed. You're sitting in your chair on Google, like looking up legal name yeah, change websites. Like, I'm like, Brad. What do I have to submit to I'm make Brad this from stick? Here on out. Yeah. So, but Dane, my favorite part is, is that such a great story that to this day, Dane still turns red when you talk about it. Yeah. Like it's still that. I have f- stories like that. It's fresh. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so I thought in sensitivity to Dane, you we would, would bring put it up this again. out over our huge listening audience. 
You ever um, think about something embarrassing and it causes you to like go, oh, like in real, you're yes. thinking about it and it makes you literally audibly groan just the thought of it. There is something I can't even tell that does that. Oh, wow. Yeah. You know it already, but I can't tell what it is. So okay. I'll, 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 we'll talk Oh, about I know it. which one it is. <laughs> yeah, I know that can't, one. Can't talk about it, but yes. Can't talk about that. Okay. But tell me your, tell me your embarrassing <laughs> so, story from yesterday. So We're I'm going to have to be vague and it's going to frustrate you. Okay, sure. Okay, so I'm sorry. So there was a meeting that came up this week, last second, mm-hmm. and it, Donald Trump. it's a fairly high-profile... Donald Trump. It was not Donald Trump. Okay. It was a, a fairly high-profile, and I was going to go to, like, somebody's house, and it's a place, like, it was like, a, oh, okay, wow, this is this is a cool, if nothing else, is a cool meeting, whether or not a book yeah. ever comes of it or not, but right. so coming and talking about, you know, being somebody's possible collaborator... Uh, we have a long ways to go, no like guarantees, but just yeah, a, a preliminary, a preliminary meeting. meeting. You know, it's in downtown Nashville, and it's and it's a cool place that we're meeting at. And so we're sitting there, and my wonderful agent is talking with with this person who's very high profile, and, and I'm I don't get nervous, Johnny. I don't think I was nervous. Yeah, I mean, I speak for a living. Yeah. Sort of. I mean, it's not a very... You speak. I mean, I do. Speaking is a part of what I do in, yes. the, in the living. How about that? I'd say you're good at it. I mean, I don't know. So, But words are probably important when one is speaking with someone else about helping to write their words. Yes. And so I felt like my mouth was really dry. Oh, no. This is one of those high Brad kind of moments. Cotton mouth. And the guy asked me, well, how'd you get into this? You know, and so I have this whole thing I always talk about because right. it's, it's the best way to explain it, that if you're going to travel to a foreign country mm-hmm. and you had an interpreter, that there were certain phrases or expressions that, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm let's, let's think of a common one here, Johnny, for that, that wouldn't translate word to word in the Spanish that we say that means something to us. Oh, what do you mean? Like, give me an expression, an American expression. I don't know, like, uh, oh, that's something to hang your hat on. There you go. If they just translated that, for us, that means, oh, that's something you could depend on. If right. you just put hang your hat on in Spanish, they'd be like, what are you talking what does that about? Mean? Right. right. So what I, what I wanted to say was, is there are common colloquialisms. It's <laughs> <laughs> a big one. It's so, a lot of syllables It was the there. first time I was talking with the person, I'm about three sentences in, and yeah. I'm telling you, it won't, it won't happen. I'm like, you know, like common colloquially. Oh, and no. it just I, Colonialism. Three or four times I try colloquially. I mean, colloquially, and I finally just look at my agent and go, I can't say it. Like, I just can't. <laughs> and he says, well, it's a good thing he's a writer and not a public speaker. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, well, man. except that I'm also a pastor and a public speaker. So basically, I bombed. And who knows? I may not even get. Like, oh, I don't bomb a lot. Look. And I don't I don't think anybody laughed because they didn't want to laugh at me, per se. I laughed. So then later on, I called my agent. I was like, look, I wanted to promise you that I properly know how to pronounce colloquialism. Like, I can do it. And he was like, oh, it was such a sweet... You just couldn't do it in the moment. It's like the singing frog from the cartoon. Yeah. Like, you couldn't do, hello, my baby, hello, my honey, hello, my ragtime <laughs> I couldn't guy. do it. So I went on to say other words. I actually was able... The word foibles came into the conversation. But I'm so saying, that was a good one, but that's easy to say. Did you find yourself trying to whip out a lot of 50-cent words after that to prove that you are a college-educated person? Maybe. No, I, I, <laughs> you I, think, overcompensate? I think all I thought to myself was, is don't sound stupid anymore yeah. if possible like from here on out yeah. try to sound less stupid than you really are so at that point yeah but, brian regan has a bit about that about how he was standing with somebody and they were talking about art and he knows nothing about art but some for some reason he said i said i love art and they were like really what are your favorite painters and he goes i couldn't say i don't know because i just released i love art like a flock of doves from my mouth. <laughs> so he goes i'm trapped i'll be like ah you know he's you're going to make up painter's name because I know nothing about art. Well, the uh, possible the possible author's wife asked me, yeah. like, uh, w- 
who are my favorite authors, you know, mm-hmm. and that's a tough one, especially because I'm sitting in public service. So I started talking about a book that I'm not sure politically they're aligned with oh, or not, sure. you know. So then I thought of me, mine comes, but you can't, you can't. No, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I like a guy. I named, love the flowery language. <laughs> you ever heard of Karl Marx? He's good. <laughs> no, I just, I kind of, you know, and I was like, well. So then I was talking about reading Dallas Willard. Yeah, yeah. Try to just have like all the the, the the vast spectrum, but you can't just sit there and go, uh, uh I don't know. Yeah. You know, you need to say something. You write John, books. Don't for beat a yourself living. up. I, I think you know. did fine. You nailed it, and we're gonna hear back from that guy. I don't know, man. And if not, know. it's a great story to tell. It is a great. St- I immediately thought to myself, this is something I'm gonna talk well, about. Well, it's on the kind podcast. of a good segue for our guest because we've talked about this before. But when comedians get together, you don't talk about how well you did. <laughs> The funniest stuff is you're not going to believe how bad I ate it here, here, and here. Oh, yeah. And everybody just pulls up a chair. It's like yeah. it's like a it's like a seven course meal is being sat in front of you. <laughs> if somebody goes, "Hey, I just got Fallon," you're like, "That guy got Fallon before me." But what if they jerk. go, "I ate it," yeah. you go on it. Fallon. Please that's the, that bring it all. Yeah. No, I would feel bad if somebody that I knew ate it on uh, Fallon. Well, I root for them once they get to the point, but I'm like, how did I get that? But it's, the bitterness <laughs> is still in there festering. Anyway, uh, today we have in studio with us uh, one of Drum my best roll. friends of all time and uh, probably my best friend in comedy for real, uh, Mr. Marty Simpson. What's up, Marty? That's awesome. That's digitized that he just said that. Because I said it. I, I ever, whenever I introduce him or talk about him in, in other company, I'm always like, he's probably my best friend. And then... People give me a hard time. They're like, I never hear Johnny say that you're his, <laughs> his best friend in comedy. I don't claim you, but you claim me. Yeah. It no, does definitely. hurt. I'm sorry. And uh, so I, I've got notes I made on some of this stuff to talk about. Oh, but, my uh, gosh. Here we so, go. Marty like makes a, notes. Of stuff we've already talked about, you took notes? Or? Yeah, because oh, I want to I want to chime in on one thing here. Oh. Uh, let me go to my notes. We only talked for like 13 minutes. You couldn't just remember? Uh, it was like a... Uh, no. <laughs> Are these critiques? I'm Marty? in between medication, John. Okay, you're this is, uh, this is, uh, I didn't want to be right on my medication for y'all because then y'all just would be like, "Hey, how's it going? How's it going, everybody? This is yeah. all right." Like, okay, so TSA pre-check. Yeah, let me give my little like right. thirty seconds worth. Sure. I get to the TSA pre-check line, and if I have to go by the regular line, <laughs> and it's like a line at the Disney Splash Mountain, whatever, yeah, and you like, have the fast pass. Back, right, right. I walk by that line, and I'm always thinking these. <laughs> I literally take like, off their shoes like a bunch of schmucks. I'm like the uh, and then what you were referring to the people who don't know what they're doing. They're the random. Yeah, they got the. They're, oh, they're that's trying probably to, right. They're trying John. to rope in people so they didn't pay. They paid for their Priceline yeah. Spirit Airline ticket. Yeah. Didn't pay the nine dollars to check a uh, check a bag in advance. Or whatever. Yeah, and then they just stamped a TSA pre-check thing on the to rope them in to try to get a to advertise it. I think you're yeah. right. That's probably who these and then people they're are. They're like taking their laptop out with their thing on. I, and I'm just like, ma'am, you, you don't need to do that. And they're oh. just like, oh, no. This, I'm just like, oh. Yeah. And then you get to the small airports that give you the yellow card. They don't have a true pre-check, but you get to cut the line. And then they're telling you, you have to take your laptop out. And I'm like, then I look at the TSA guy and I'm like, <laughs> these people. <laughs> like, it is the only time in my heart. Right. You like, feel better in than. In my heart, yeah. I, I am naturally opposed to them. Yeah. Why you would you not pay seventeen dollars and fifty cents a year? Yeah. If my daughter started lecturing me about how I should treat the general population at an airport, because that's what I call them, gin pop. <laughs> the, uh, 
<laughs> if I had to treat them equally, I would be like, "Honey, don't talk to me about that. That's nonsense." Yeah, like I'm not. I'm, I'm right. I'm, you like, don't know I'm, enough I'm, to know what I've been through. I've seen some things. That's right. I have. I'm like, you won't pay seventeen dollars and fifty cents a year to give your fingerprint to the government. Wait two weeks and get a piece of paper in the mail that lets you cut the line. Well, you got to tell them you're not crazy. Yeah. You got to tell them that you're not. You've never been suicidal or whatever, right? Because they want to make sure you're not going to bring down the plane. I, guess. I don't remember the questions. Oh, yeah, the questions I'm are not really sure weird. if that's All good. All you have to be is not crazy or willing to say you're not crazy. Right. And have $85. <laughs> and not have doctor's reports on Isn't it to prove you're that's crazy. That's true. Isn't it really just about you're giving them the right to invade more of your privacy? Yeah, it's so a whole thing. You're saying, check, we'll do a me, check, check, me, out, check mm-hmm. me out deeper than yeah. the average. Do a deep dive. What you're saying on paper is I give the right to the government to do what they've already done through our video cameras on our iPhone and know about us. We're just signing off on it. Yeah. Yeah. We were just talking about that before we uh, rolled tape, uh, before you got here, Marty. I bought these shoes 12 hours ago, right before Dick's Sporting gets closed. Well, anything you buy is on the internet. Boom. But I'm saying, like, I paid with a card, but and today on my Facebook, literally right as I was scrolling to get the notes for today's show, there was an ad for the shoes that I bought from Dick's Sporting Goods. A that's picture the one, of them. That's the one that is funny to me because that you just means bought they it. paid the wrong person. Yeah, they, <laughs> they're like they're like they paid last week's trendy guy yes. who knows the thing. Somebody's like, asleep at the wheel. Right? Maybe he wants a backup like, pair. I can get you a flight from Denver. <laughs> like in plain strains and automobiles. Yeah, like, you're already home. They're like, would you like to go from Denver to Nashville? I just did. Yeah. Hold on. I've got the I've got the one for you on this. I'm looking for a picture from. I just sent it to my wife. We have a theory. Like we've been saying some things. Um, oh, to see if the ads follow you, and and we've been uh, not saying things on purpose because we don't want the algorithm to hit us. Yeah, like off the record. Of course, it's being recorded and released to hundreds of people. But my wife could possibly benefit uh, from medicinal marijuana or a, a CBD oils or something like that. She's not at home getting high, but like, but we don't want to say marijuana in our house, right? And then we get bong ads and our algorithm and stuff <laughs> like that, and our kids are like seeing the iPad, like, Dad, this is a bong ad. What's going on? But so my, we went to Hawaii. My wife, is, her second grade school class are the sea turtles, right. Miss Simpson sea turtles. And, and we're dog lovers, golden doodles all through my house. This, this is the most recent ad in my Instagram ad. And it is a T-shirt ad yeah. that says, once upon a time, there was a girl who really loved dogs and turtles. <laughs> wow. There is a T-shirt like they... that has dogs and sea turtles on it wow. while we were in Hawaii swimming with sea turtles. Mm. That showed up in my Instagram. So here's the real question: Did you buy it? Definitely, <laughs> it's on its way. <laughs> so it worked. We did oh, the yeah. overnight shipping. It's a great shirt. You should see it. Okay, <laughs> so Marty, shirt. we didn't. We need to get in this because we started comedy the same year together, but in separate areas, and we met at a conference, like a month apart, even. Or like yeah, yeah. Apart. Uh, and we met at a conference for Christian comedy called the Christian Comedy Association. And actually, I'm going to back it up and say we started in the same city because my first set. Was in Zany's Nashville. Was it really? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Oh, that's right. For last the comic standing last audition. comic standing audition. Yeah, so we started in Nashville. Dude, that's really weird. So go oh, ahead. I forgot go about ahead. that. I interrupted. So now, fast forward 10 years, 11 years, Marty is now vice president of that organization. Wow. He that that was the plan. That's prestigious. That was He's the plan. It's a long the con. <laughs> it's a long it's con. It's a long con. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what I always say about Marty. People always, it's like there's this movie called Leap of Faith. Where mm-hmm. um, Steve Martin was a faith healer, but he was a charlatan, and he would go town to town and set up his little tent revivals. This is a horrible setup for whatever you say about Marty. <laughs> but, and, but, <laughs> he was a charlatan. Speaking of no, charlatan. But, but there's a line in that movie that I always think of, in, and it is that people. somebody says, like, you're, he goes, you're a, a con man. 
And then he's Deborah Winger character says that to him. He goes, con men are sneaky. I'm obvious. Marty's obvious. And that's what I love about him. He's like so honest. He's not a con man. I'm that's saying the G version. Of that's the, the G version. <laughs> Marty's like, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's what I'm saying is like, I, I, Marty's always been that guy that, I mean, even early on when we were just becoming friends, I mean, I remember two years in, I'd been, I'd been doing my show and I was starting to get a lot of breaks and I was doing well and I was doing hour long shows by then. And then Marty go, one time I had a conversation with you and you said, well, I, you're, cause your show is so impressive and it's amazing. But at the end of my show, I feel like my audience knows me. And at the end of your show, I just feel like I've been impressed and it kind of hit me in the chest. And I was like, God, that was kind of hurtful. And I started What's thinking funny of, as a comedian and people hear that as a compliment out on the street, but as a comedian, you're like, yeah, I was like, oh. I want both. Right. And right, I right. started figuring out, trying to figure out a way after you told me that to find both in my show. So it was the right thing. That's what I'm saying. That's what I mean by that. I mean, it's like, you're not going to pull a punch and it's good. It's the best part of your personality to me. Oh, well, thanks, man. Uh, but anyway, it changed the way I started thinking. I need to figure out a way to be more vulnerable because I'm hiding behind these punchlines in a way. And so I did. I started talking about awkward gym class stuff. And, mm-hmm. and now my whole show is almost that. Oh, yeah. I've seen your it's show. It's very it's, awkward. It's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> I think in the same conversation, John, uh, that same conversation, he was probably down in Columbia. Uh, I think there was a documentary being filmed. I called you to come be in the documentary. Yeah, and yeah. You, were, you were opening for me, which is normally I would be opening for Johnny, but he was opening for me. And I said, hey, don't do any of that show-stopping crap before I get up there, okay? Just do some stand-up. Be mm-hmm. funny. And I go, yeah, Marty thinks I'm show-stopping. And you go, it's not a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> we can all play a few chords and get a standing ovation, Johnny. It means don't make me follow your weird applause break for your song because I'm just going right. to get up here and talk and you're going to make me look like a schmo. Yeah, I, no, just, I, I do appreciate Marty's honesty. You, Marty and I have talked about doing some writing together. You want to tell him? You want to tell him? This was his pitch to me when he called me. Go ahead and give him the pitch. This was the pitch. I don't even remember, but I'm going to agree with what you say. It, it was a. Uh, let me see. You, you basically said, "Listen, I want to let you know something. There's you should have zero expectations about me. There's a good chance I won't follow through, and that won't be your fault. Like this is going to be all my fault when it doesn't work." <laughs> And like you spent about twenty minutes, and by the end, it was it was awesome. I was like, "This is great!" Like the most believable part of that is trying to talk me out of doing this book. Yes, the most believable part of that is like you spent about twenty minutes talking about yourself. (laughs) He was like, "No, I appreciate it." I was pretty. He was like, "He's like, like, you're going to give me this homework, and if I don't come back, that's on me." You know, with it. And I was was like, like, "I was like, I can only work with you, John Driver, if you're the prince of a fellow that Johnny W says you are, and you will like me after I let you down, (laughs) (laughs) because I will let you down. This is going to happen, and it did not." let me down we're hey, still five years into this book right what, book, what, when did i meet with you, <laughs> well, you I sent just, me john driver sent me this word document of like every perfect thing for me to go do yeah. and i was just like oh yeah it is not that's God's a big list to write a book it's <laughs> a big this list is awful well but honestly truthfully and john and i do this too and i'll make a case for this and comedians have definitely shown me this but even before i became a comedian john and i we bust each other's chops we were in a band together and that's just kind of our deal and that's kind of how we know we're okay. Yeah. And John, we talked about how you, you make yourself this easy target. And that's part of the, there's this weird give and take to our relationship. But Marty's definitely that, you know, and other comedians I've met, like if somebody's not busting your chops, you should be worried as a comic. Right. That you're not connecting or you're, something's wrong. You're, you're on the outside of the group in a way. And so like my favorite Pastor Roy story, Pastor Roy Children's pastor here. And this is, I think of every time when I think of Pastor Roy, I think of this story. My wife lost her job. Uh, we'd lived here for two years. She lost her job. They laid her off and told 
uh, wage an hour uh, with the commission that gives uh, unemployment that she quit. And they did not fire her for cause. There was no, and so so we couldn't draw unemployment. They lied. It was a really dark time. I had just started doing comedy, and I was part time here. And I was like, "What do I do?" And it was this weird crossroads for us because she wasn't even going to get unemployment. So we floated along for six months that way, and it was such a strange time. But I remember, like the second or third week into that, I was really dealing with it. And we used to all go out for lunch as a staff. And Roy goes, "Hey, let's go out to lunch after staff." And I go, "Man, I don't, I don't know. It's tight." And then we went out to lunch. Or he goes, he goes, no, I'll pay. My wife's got a job. <laughs> I, I got so tickled when he said it because it's like the most inappropriate thing to say. But the way he said it was just like so funny. Okay, I just had a flashback. And I don't know if it was you or not. And it may have been you. So my fiance at the time had a yeah. brain aneurysm. Oh, okay. right. Yeah, yeah. Was this you? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And we were in the hospital. <laughs> and so, like, I'm thinking she's about to have surgery. Like, I didn't know if she's going to be alive or dead when I got there. Like, it was a it was a big moment in life. And tension is high. But to your point. Literally. It made life so yeah. much. Yeah. It made life so much better. Johnny came to visit in the hospital in a few days. And he walked in. And we're on the. And, and, and you know, we weren't just, like, all in tears or whatever. But, you know, it, there's it's a lot. Of, yeah. no, it was like, there's a lot. You're about to be in tears. There's a lot going happy. on. Yeah. 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 And so uh, Johnny walks in and he goes, what? he said, what's everybody so down about? It's not like it's brain surgery. Like he just dropped <laughs> I don't even know why I said it. Like I cringe thinking about what what kind of person. That's the most Marty-like thing Johnny's ever said in his life. <laughs> but it broke the room open. They all just oh, right, that. Yeah, right. like like that for, yeah. We needed it. Like we needed like just a moment to be like, okay, you know, I mean, even though, and, and well, in retrospect, that it all worked out. I think yeah, it's okay. That's you know? true. If it had not worked out, it'd be like, that jerk came in. <laughs> but I remember, like, I remember Lars' dad even. Like, I think yeah. that was a good thing for him, especially. Like, well, he's, still, he's still friendly to me, so he obviously yeah. wasn't deeply offended by it. <laughs> but, but, but to that point, my favorite Marty story is, and this kind of sums up my entire relationship with him, honestly, <laughs> his personality and the reason I love him. <laughs> So, repeat that part. Just repeat so, that part for people. So this is true. This is true. So I get this opportunity to open for Tim Hawkins in April of 2012. Yeah. It leads to, because the weekend went so well, they go, we want you to come be a part of Tim's taping. He's taping his new DVD, and we want you to get 15 minutes on tape. We go down. I get tape. I get tape. That went really well. So they said, do another 10 minutes the next night. Another 10. So by the end of it, we had this little 30-minute DVD they were going to put out. And I'm freaking out like, oh, my gosh, I got this accidental DVD. It was a totally unplanned thing. And now we're waiting for the cuts to come back. Did, any, did anything mess up? Because we have no margin for error. 30 minutes is like the bare minimum for a project. It was right. going to be my old $10 DVD. So I'm like freaking out over the camera angles, right? Did everything work? So they start sending me clips. And then they sent me the full – all the camera cuts weren't done, but this is it. We've got a private YouTube link for you to look at, Johnny. And the first thing I did, honestly, because Marty was the guy who was kind of celebrating with me, and it's very hard to find in comedy when you start rising a little bit or you get a break. It's far, hard to find somebody who will celebrate with you. Right. Because they're always like, how'd you get that? And it's a very competitive right. thing without meaning to be, but it just is. Marty, go, I sent Marty the clip. I go, I'm going to watch this now. I want you to watch it with me. Because I wanted him to give me his real-time reaction as I watched it. And that's just, a, again, that just shows the, how much I trust him. So I'd already started watching it. About five minutes in, uh, I haven't got a text back from Marty. And then I just, he goes, he goes, I'm watching now. You look huge. (laughs) (laughs) And I go, and like my heart kind of sank. I go, what? He goes, I'm just kidding. I hadn't hit play yet. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm getting teared up over here laughing about the memory of that. That's the that's the funniest thing. That's his Roy, Pastor Roy. My oh, wife's man. got a job oh, my story. Gosh, I was lying on my couch holding the phone <laughs> above my face, like. Like I was watching TV, I got the I got the link, and I was I probably yeah. leaned up and said, "Ashley, I'm going to watch this Johnny W thing. I got to get to it." Uh, and she's like, "Let's finish this show." And so I just waited. <laughs> I waited five or ten minutes on purpose because I wanted it to be like I'm it's in so it. Diabolical. Like, it is diabolical. Well, I knew yeah. that he was going to be like, "Oh, I hope the first couple jokes sound good." Yeah, yeah. The editing because to to piece <laughs> three sets together to make one DVD, right. he had three closers, three openers. Like, yeah, there were there was. That's kind of what he wanted me to look. Can this be a finished project from a third party, unbiased standpoint? So I knew he was like pins and needles. I just just was like, you look huge. And then I... (laughs) Oh, I, I almost that's the funniest thing. So but then, the, the, then this is true. This is like mm. the, the soft ending is an hour later. He calls me and goes, dude, it's so good. He goes. And when one of the songs that I closed on, he uh, he goes, when that song came on and I saw how good it was, he goes, I started tearing up. I did. Huh. I like did. that's that's. That's friend, like I would a, never admit that. In fact, I, would, I bet Marty wished he could take it back. No, <laughs> that's the most masculine thing you can do. Is no, it's vulnerable. great. But it was like he literally like was celebrating with me, and that's so. That's one of the things when I think about Marty, I think about that moment. And I'm like, yeah, Marty's Marty's in my camp. Well, you know, I think everything that we talk about in life, we need people who are willing, even if it's not. It wasn't your gain. You know what I'm saying, Marty? Right. Like you didn't win because right. that happened. You won nothing. In fact, if you want to look at it in some ways, you lost because another because the way we right. all think about oh, the, it's zero yeah, sum. We been think on about Tim like Hawkins a bus of six months earlier. Yeah, and then Johnny and now Johnny's got the gig. Swooped in with his guitar. Oh no! People He's think guitar I, his guitar and New Balance. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, no, no, but it was no game. Dave, right. Dave Ramsey wrote a book called Legacy. Uh, looking over there, Legacy Journey or something. And, and, and in it, one of the things he said that really stuck with me, everything that's stuck with me in the books, he said that people think about money in the world like it's a pie, as if that there is a finite amount of it. Yeah. And so you begin to think that if somebody else has some, then that took some away from you. Yeah. Mm. You know, and, and that that's sort of that way. And I think we think about that with success as well yeah. or, or with our life is that if somebody else did well, that's just, that was the slot that could have been mine. You know, so it does, it speaks to, that that feeling, and I think that goes even back to faith. Like, is it possible that if I do believe my steps are ordered, if I believe if I commit my way, I thought about that scripture this morning, commit your works to the Lord and your plans will be established, is yeah. what it says in Proverbs. Like, if I believe my plans or my ways are established because of that committing, then it does. It feels like when somebody else gets that opportunity that it was taken away from me. So when you can have the wherewithal, I mean, we're really heaping high praise right now. On oh, Marty, man, so. Marty. But I'm saying it's, it's such a Saint it's a Marty. beautiful. It's a it's, yeah. You're used to. It. I, I'm used to it. It's, it's, <laughs> you should see my inbox, John. <laughs> <laughs> but it's beautiful because, like, that's what that's what doesn't just build friendships. That's what builds people. Like, that's what builds us up, edifies. Is yeah. that word? I actually have a heaping grow. high praise folder <laughs> that I drag them to. <laughs> no, I think that it goes back even the emotional, the method acting of that. Like, meaning the reason. That hearing arteries, your, I right. actually get emotional hearing the Five for Fighting song on the radio. Yeah, that the, the parody, the parody was that up. note. Yeah. Uh, is it Five for Fighting? Yeah, yeah, like, because the you, 
you, you, I'm he- don't don't tell me the lines because I want to quote it. <laughs> I'm hearing you're hearing me gurgle and you're hearing me wheeze. Yeah, uh, yeah. S- something something. Your uh, body's pizza sauce pumping through my arteries. Yeah. your arteries, <laughs> your arteries. Marty, your singing voice is it's wonderful. Horrible, right? No, it's wonderful. But we had a conversation about that about the Hanukkah song and about how he was doing it to a track. Yeah, and um, the first time we did it, and then I kind of said like. You need to have the guitar in your hand instead of the track, so you can milk those laughs. Because yeah. you're a talented stand-up comic, like that makes the difference in it being a track. And so, seeing you do it with the guitar, this is going to be a little bit. Of, I'm going to take back some of the high praise for y'all and right. go egotistical here. Because you but, saw but, your influence in it. Well, right. But I was having this conversation the other day. I don't think I'm a coach because somebody paid me to coach a team. I think that I grew up naturally enjoying. The the partake I mean the the imparting of something like yeah yeah like coming over the top like giving your opinion you're paid to give your opinion as a coach but that's why these life coaches and stuff I think are kind of creepy because it's like about money to me I love working with another comic not because my tag is in his show yeah but just because I feel like his show is better uh-huh. because of what my input was yeah so I don't even. I love being on the sideline and and seeing that preparation and everything come together. So when you came to the Clean Comedy Challenge um, and then got off stage and won, I ran over there and literally hit his rear end like a football coach would. I chest me, but I also slapped the, <laughs> the very violently, like like you would if he ran a sixty In a bar, yard mind you. Yeah. Like I'm saying, I was so fired up. Because I didn't, I didn't make the finals. I was angry at the people who did make the finals. And if they beat Johnny, I was going to be even more angry. Yeah. So he went into the finals and threw the gauntlet down. Like he didn't win the Kentucky Derby. Like the disqualified second place guy. He was like secretariat, like a hundred links out ahead. I like this. Like, I like the way this makes me sound. Clydesdale. I'm a Clydesdale horse. Yeah. And at yeah. this point, Curry thought I was arrogant <laughs> and egotistical because the other one, this is my favorite. This is my favorite one. Oh. When you said, "I think I'm going to do my song parodies in the finals." Yeah, I was like, uh, "What did I, I say?" I think I would do music. Oh yeah, I had one bit that wasn't a parody, and I said right in front of Curry at lunch, and she hadn't met me. I was like, "Can we get that in writing?" Yeah, he was like encouraging me to do it, and Curry was like, "Who's this clown?" Yeah, but I was just busting <laughs> like his daring chops, me to like, do it. You're gonna yeah. do parodies in the finals, okay? Can we get that in writing? <laughs> but I, in my mind, I was like, maybe I could give him some insecurities about it, and he won't <laughs> sing in the finals, <laughs> so I still have a shot. <laughs> hey, but, so do, do you know? Do you know? Do you? Uh, you can just not listen, Johnny, to this because okay. you're not gonna like it. Oh dear. But do you have <clears throat> any knowledge of the Enneagram? Yes. Do you know what your number is? Does it happen I, I to be know, a, does it happen to, to be start a making two? fun of you right now. <clears throat> okay, that's it. You don't no, know I'm if you're <laughs> Okay. No, I've, I here's what I will tell you. I've taken the the quick the Myers Briggs or whatever. No, no, no. I definitely Myers Briggs, but yeah. I'm the color code. I'm devoted to the color code, which is kind of like before Enneagram got big and the Enneagram got big a couple years ago. But you told me about it yeah. uh, when we were doing the book deal. Oh, yeah. I've I've te- I think there's a paid test that's like an hour long that you take, right? I've taken yeah. the the Facebook ad, find out which number you are. And I am, I think, an adventurer with a, with the, what is four? No, seven, four, and five, I think, are the ones. Okay, well, some of that, some of that helper, <clears throat> some of that way that, <clears throat> excuse me, guys, some of that, like, how you rejoice as much in, in the victories of others. Some, okay. some of that sounds like a two, like a helper, but you sound uh, so disappointed that it didn't line that up. I wanted, to, I wanted mm. to be right. I wanted to be right. So, but, but I might have been if I'd have taken the full 
Yeah, yeah. the little forty question test might have not had the four. Thorough. Four actually w- would work for a lot of these because it's a. I don't remember. Adventure is the one that like I'm a play. I'm seven. like seven. Rule one is yeah. have fun. Then like, you're seven. Yeah. Yeah, but along the way, but also the the thing that's frustrating about Myers Briggs and the color code and the Enneagram. I'm always four or five things. I was a drama teacher, a yeah. football coach, a comedian, a coder. I write HTML code. Yeah. Like, I, I have too many things that I do, yeah. and it's frustrating. I would rather just be, like, the two. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think you look at where you dream. Like, because, again, I, I'm like that. I'm, I'm, a, I'm an executive pastor, so, like, I'm doing all this spreadsheet-type work. You mm-hmm. know, I'm, I'm very, like, organized in a manuscript, yeah. those kind of things. But I'm also a songwriter or thinking artistically, and you got to think of. So I'm kind of left and right brain a little bit in that mm-hmm. respect, which I think is just clinical insanity, to be honest with you. But, mm-hmm. but in in that, I think that if you really want to try to break it down, like where do you feel most like yourself, or where could like okay, if I had my druthers, if if money wasn't an issue, if it's not just what you do, but where would I where do I feel most alive in that? And so I would say for a guy, writing or comedy, you know, someone said that something the other day about. A contract or something. I was like, look, you do not get into writing for money. You yeah. don't get into comedy for money. If money comes, uh, that's great. And yeah. you'll be surprised by it. If you really love it, you'll be shocked that somebody would pay you to do this. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know? So that kind of lets me know, I think, where I light a little bit because money or no money, I was already doing this. You know, yeah. so. Right. I told like people this week at the Clean mm-hmm. Comedy Challenge, if you can quit comedy, you should quit. Yeah. Like, if you're capable of not doing it, you should not do it. Yeah. Now, I mean, some of them were really capable of not doing it while they were on stage. But the, um, the, <laughs> I'll well, show you how not able I, I am. I remember this. Maybe I'm a two if I retook the test because I remember at, at my school where I worked, uh, I would put on the school play in the spring, work hours, endlessly hours. And, and they would they would love the play. And it was a Christian school and they never had plays before. And I loved it. And then the fall would roll around and we'd have football season. And I would love that. But I remember after we were the the lowest seed, we were the Cinderella story of our season one year. Yeah, we had lost forty four to six to the team that was the one seed four weeks earlier. Wow. But my best player had been injured, and I knew he wasn't in. And we were losing sixteen to six in the fourth quarter. And I pulled all my starters on purpose so we would get blown out. And I almost got fired. But I was like shaving points so when when we played these high school kids four weeks later when i knew we were going to rebound and have to play them in the playoffs they wouldn't take us seriously and we beat them 27 to 7 in the rematch and uh and i rolled over when i was getting in bed and i said to my wife ashley remind me at some point in my life this this is what i love this is the one that i love this is the feeling that i want the most and want to repeat and then quit like a year later and <laughs> but but I remember saying that out loud. Tell the story, Marty, about the speech, the locker room speech. That's one of my favorite things. I kinda just No, but I'm saying that I mean, where you I'm, go, they're gonna yeah, call yeah, this the beginning yeah, yeah. or so whatever. So we went to this that game put us in the state championship, the yeah. one we won. And so then and we, we had no business being there. We were definitely the, the what was the team this year or, or we were Wofford. Yeah. Like we were like the right, Wofford right. team, you know, and, and um so we lost the state championship. 24 to 14 but it was 17 14 late in the game we had a chance to win and a kid that just asked to be my facebook friend five years ago and i still haven't said yes uh, <laughs> s- snapped the ball over the quarterback's head on first and goal out of the 50 yard line same kid came over at halftime and said coach uh we're uh, everybody's swearing and using foul language in the huddle and uh i don't think god is going to honor our efforts in the second half if we all are using all that foul language i think if we had more Christ-like attitude, we would win. I'm like, how about a Christ-like snap? Can we get a, 
<laughs> Can we get a Christ-like <laughs> shotgun snap to the quarterback's hands? I think Jesus would have snapped the ball right to the quarterback's hand. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so uh, we lost, and I got 600 people all gathered around, and I said, uh, you know, nobody thought we were going to be here, and, and this is we, – we've done something special here, and I don't want you all to remember this day as – as the the day we lost the state championship, I'm going to claim today and name today in the in the football history of our school today is the beginning. And like you know, steam was coming off the pads of the cheer, of the football players. Cheerleaders were crying. Parents got teared up. I was like, it's the beginning. <laughs> it, was, it was probably the coolest speech I'd ever given. <laughs> and people are like, well, what did y'all go on to? I was like, I don't. I mean, we had a losing season next year, and I quit. But. <laughs> I mean, that was an amazing speech, and, it, and people talk about that speech still. Like, <laughs> the beginning. And it was, and they haven't had a winning record since. So oh, no. My narcissistic coach was like, yeah, It was the beginning of the now. end. That's yeah. what it was. Right, right. No, they actually won the state championship about six years ago, and uh, I've been gone about 15 years. So Marty was a highly touted high school football player as a kicker, punter, and played four years. Started at South Carolina. Did he make you angry when he said kicker instead of punter? He was kicker no, and punter. I was both. He was oh, both. Never mind then. So, yeah, to a player. So, uh, Marty played all four years at South Carolina. These are like, the he came in when, when South Carolina came, became an SEC school. So, the trivia question for Marty is, he scored the first six points in the SEC for South Carolina. Wow. And you have to word it that way. Who yeah. scored the first six points? Because then everybody will think it's a touchdown. Right. And I'm yeah. like, no, I kicked two field goals to go up 6 nothing against Georgia in 1992. We went on to lose that one 28-6, to six, but. Yeah. <laughs> so you were there for Lou Holtz? Uh, no, no. No, no before Sparky Lou. Woods Sparky Woods. Sparky Woods. Brad Scott. Brad yes. Scott was offensive coordinator when FSU won the national championship in 93 with Charlie Ward. was the hot new name. So we Sparky got fired. Yeah. Um, but so 92, we beat U- University. Oh, Here's yeah. a trivia question for you, too. Oh, not, no. Here not we go. Here we go. Question you, with your orange laptop <clears throat> staring at me. Oh, with no. your big framed picture of the go stadium balls. behind you. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Something worth knowing, since South Carolina has entered the SEC, there was a trend that every time we beat Tennessee, Tennessee fired their coach. <laughs> That's so true. it's like the board of directors were like, this is the line that we're drawing in the sand. If we lose to the Gamecocks, fire the coach. Yeah. We and fired I Majors, had a big part Palmer. of it. I got Johnny Majors fired. He, who, is there a bigger famous football alumni than Johnny oh, Majors in huge. the 90s? Yeah. It's, it's an amazing YouTube clip that you can find if you Google Marty Simpson, Tennessee. The, um, the we, we beat him to make it 24 to 23, and I had to punt out of the end zone and had like a 60-yard punt that Moe's Phillips – Ended up uh, doing some stuff with it was fun, but I, I kicked a field goal to tie it in the fourth quarter and kicked the extra point that made it twenty four twenty three, and that's what we all sang at the end. Was like uh, our band played Rocky Top, and oh, we all really? played Rocky Top. You'll always be home sweet home to me. Twenty four, twenty three, and we were like <laughs> chanting it at Johnny Majors when he ran off, and it, 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 he throws his clipboard down and puts his thing down when we stop the two point version. I'll give him credit. Heath Schuler got the comeback and they scored and yeah. then went for two to win it with no overtime. So yeah. that was gutsy. And oh, we, I forgot and about we that. stuffed yeah. him. And so he could have kicked the point. They went nine and three. Yeah. He could have kicked the point and not lost. Well, back to then us. there was no overtime rule, so it could have been ended up in a tie or something, right? It would have been, been a tie. It just would have been a tie. Yeah. And uh so he went for two and we stuffed him and it was awesome. And uh <laughs> we fired the coach. And it was on Halloween, <clears throat> so all of our fans were dressed up in costumes and they were filming the movie The Program in our stadium. Right. So at halftime they did all these shenanigan plays <laughs> that that were filmed at halftime. So the entire stadium was in costume on Halloween. 
and it was just like all of the highlights they cut to the stands and people are in goth makeup uh, that's and weird weird like weird like <laughs> mary poppins is in the stands behind the uprights like, i forgot about it, the program being filmed there didn't you say that you went into your like it was your locker room that yeah the football players training 100 and they had the fake weights that oh, they would use for the movie. So he's he's pushing, and it looks like Marge just. <laughs> if Instagram was around back then, bro, you had a human uh, viral. Because if you're doing four fifteen or whatever, like four forty five on either side is what uh, ninety one eighty three sixty four oh five four oh five is the number. Yeah. The bar bends. Yeah, what well, you're doing for the bar bends a little bit. Yeah, but I was like, ping, 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 <laughs> ping. It was just like it was like one thirty five. They're like, like lead or whatever. Pounds. Yeah, yeah. And James Con, James Con was working out. I got yeah. to spot him. I was like, Sonny, I'll spot you. The, um, and I said, is this movie going to be good? He was like, no, this is a garbage piece of trash my agent made me take. <laughs> that was literally what he said. And uh, and then U2 was the, uh, in the stadium, too. And I got to work out with Bono. What? And, uh, yeah. I don't know this story. Yeah, I spotted Bono. And he was like, are you the unfortunate lad who missed the kick on Saturday? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, and were you? Yeah, I kicked four field goals against East Carolina. To make it 20 to 18, and on the last play of the game, I missed a kick like 45 degrees to the right that landed in the band, and, oh. and we lost. And the and they asked me afterwards, they were like, in the interview, they are like, what were you thinking when you saw the ball go way over there to the right? I was like, that I should have kicked it way more to the left. <laughs> I, I don't, isn't that what everybody was thinking, like right when it happened? But Bono was like, are you the unfortunate lad? I was like, oh, man. I've never heard this. Yeah. First of all, Bono was lifting weights. Yeah. He was working out. Yeah. Well, I guess that's why he's still so well, in we shape. Had, was he lifting the, the fake weights or the real ones? <laughs> it was the same year because we had the Rolling Stones and U2 and the program all in our stadium in the same five months or whatever. And uh, they just were in there because it's kind of like like Darius Rucker went to South Carolina and he was like, oh, it's a pleasure to meet Marty Simpson, the kicker. But, right. But I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's Hootie. Right. You know, and uh, but Bono, it's like it's charming to meet these college football players. So they're in there to meet the linebackers yeah. and the uh-huh. physique guys. And then the kicker walks in and can speak English. And it's like, <laughs> you know, so it's like, I'm a spokesman. Like, uh, Your name didn't end in Itsky. <laughs> yeah. But also for the guys like Bono and them, soccer is the game. So the kicker right. is interesting. So they would be out in the stands. Uh-huh doing their sound check and I'm kicking at the other end of the field sometimes like that would happen mm-hmm. and stuff. so this will probably all get edited out this no I like so. it I, I never knew you had a Bono story I'm a huge U2 guy so yeah, that's yeah. great no, I am too I slept out on the concrete for the concert ticket oh, that's the best U2 yeah yeah, that's a good enough story that like we could do a book about you and call it the unfortunate lad. Oh, like you know what I'm I saying? That's, very sympathetic that's, figure yeah, we can make. It you. needs to have a small stage direction at the top that says "read an Irish accent." <laughs> <laughs> the unfortunate lad. Am I bugging you? Don't I don't mean to bug, bug you. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a uh, well. That's fascinating. So, is there any other? I shot? think my meds kicked in in the middle somewhere in that. No, it's Did you perfect. Tell it any other shots you want to take at Tennessee here? Uh, what no, no, but let me go back. So Johnny Majors gets fired in 92. Then in 2003, Lou Holtz beat him, and they fired Philip Fulmer. Yeah. And then four years later, we beat him, and they're like, Dooley, get out. Mm-hmm. Or, or Lane Kiffin. I think it was Kiffin and Dooley. No, Kiffin was like one no, year. K- so. Kiffin quit on that. Yeah, well, we beat Kiffin, but I'm saying we beat him. Yeah. We yeah. beat him, and, then, and then, we, then we beat Dooley the year. He was like, no matter what happens around Tennessee, we'll still kick the out of Vanderbilt. Then, uh, like, yeah, Vanderbilt beats him. us pretty they regularly. Him the... beat him. So I'm saying that I think there's only one time since we've been in the SEC that South Carolina beat Tennessee and they renewed the contract right. to the coach. I think it's only been once. What does that say about our opinion of South Carolina? Like, you're right. That, that y'all are is, delusional. That is we <laughs> surpassed y'all in football like 20 years ago. I don't really, you know, uh, that's, that's going to be a strong. a lot of memory from the 70s in Tennessee, people. 
<laughs> the Peyton Manning. How about, team nine, how about 98? You know we yeah, T. Martin. That's you good. know we won the East in 2006. Yeah, we we won the East once. So y- y'all have a better history than we do for sure. Wait, is that right, John? In 2006. I don't know, John. You know more about this. What you was got Fulmer, the picture Fulmer, on the wall. Okay, hold on. Fulmer was fired in 07, and he won the East the year before he was fired. Yeah. So, and then he went like seven and yeah, and then he, seven and nine or whatever. T. Seven Martin actually set the NCAA record for completions mm-hmm. in a row at williams Bryce Stadium. Mm-hmm. I was at the game. The first incompletion in the fourth quarter, he got a standing ovation from the game. <laughs> 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 like, yay! Yeah, that was a, yeah. He was a, yeah. No, Tennessee football has fallen really, really far. And I don't know. I think, it, I think Peyton Manning's forehead took it with him. Okay. <laughs> It fits. I'm saying our it, legacy it, fit like, on his T, forehead. There was enough left for T. Martin yeah. to win it as he the left, momentum. and then the then it like made the sound you, when he got his forehead all the way out of the universe. Are you a must champ fan? Uh here's what I think. Wow, <laughs> that says it all. Like like the answer, like your hesitation, and I'm glad we didn't hire Tom Herman. Okay, I, I wanted Tom Herman big time, and he used us to get his. Texas contract, the Houston contract higher. Yeah, but then he ends up being a jerk. But he did turn Texas around. But he's a jerk. Um, I think Will Muschamp knows his defense, and I think he knows the illegal recruiting ways of Alabama and Texas to avoid all the NCAA violations. So I like that we're getting some five stars. Glowing recommendation. So yeah, but I just think the whole screaming and hollering and blow your gasket thing, like I think trading Jesus for recruits is more effective. Dabo has proven that. And um, so lying to the kids about the Jesus influence to the moms and stuff, I think that's the way to that's go. That's the other thing you need to know is like... Oh, he hates Clemson. Yeah, they hate each other. It's 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 crazy. But I, I hate... intense I hate. ended the balloons at Clemson. Yeah. I single-handedly ended the balloon. We f- talked about it on the podcast. You know, I know the guy who, balloon you know, video. I know the guy who started the balloons. You know that. Right. Well, tell him I said hi. <laughs> <laughs> Death. From above. I told you about that. Marty made a video called Death From Above about, are these balloons killing wildlife? And he would interview people out front of the stadium and try to get, get gauge the questions to trip them up. And no, then, I didn't. I did not edge the question. I said, no, what I was, do you think of the balloons? He's like, we love the balloons. I was like, what do you think of the environmental thing? They're like, we don't care. Right. And then I he's like, even- but should we care? And then he would show like, <laughs> where are these balloons landing? And so he told me, he told me when he was doing it, he goes, dude, I just stopped. There's a dead deer on the side of the road. <laughs> Driving he goes, to- I'm tying some of these balloons around his neck for this video. And <laughs> no, I go, no, I will not corroborate that statement. <laughs> we found that deer dead with balloons where he was. And that's all the, we My only contribution to that video was I said, there's an old, there's a screenshot you should use. Ken Burns it of the polar bear on the single yeah. ice flow. I said, uh, you got to use that 100%. where there's a balloon next to him. <laughs> and then I, that made me download four or five other nature things like in Australia, the balloons were fine. But so then a lady from Australia filming a documentary yeah. about the like balloons from America have been tracked to Australian waters from all events. Any yeah. balloon release. There's, there's like no balloon release.com people like out right. there. She was like, "You have the best footage of the of the rampaging attitude of Americans towards." I was like, "You cannot use my footage." Yeah, that's it's what you're all calling. satirical. Like, I'm not. This is this is a satire. Like I didn't do any study. <laughs> didn't you have some coming out the blowhole of a whale? Like yeah. balloons were slowly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, I, and, I, and I definitely had a Johnny W. influence joke of a wordplay when I, I'm standing over the deer that we found there dead with balloons tied to it. Uh, I will not corroborate any of things that Johnny has said in this thing. And I, I said, uh, the uh, the question that this deer is asking is why now? Why here? Why today? And the, the simple answer is 
because Clemson played at home this week. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, the only thing left to say is, oh, Oh, dear. dear. (laughs) And then Amazing Grace starts playing on the bagpipe. Not now. Not like this. Oh, no. And I'm I'm in the bus. I'm at the bus, (laughs) leaning the microphone over like I'm like, like have press credentials, yelling at them when they're running out to for five seconds before the balloons go up, yelling, uh, is anybody here going to do anything about this balloons? I'm like yelling it into the thing. And I'm like, I want answers. Are y'all going to be any more effective at stopping this balloons than you are at Georgia Tech's triple option? <laughs> and then the balloons release, and I'm like, oh, the humanity. <laughs> it's like my that that is my all time favorite thing that I've ever. But it produced. stopped, right? They have they don't do anymore, right? Correct. Two years later. Wow. The board because here's what I found: the Clemson is the agricultural school of in the country. I mean, they're 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 well respect agriculture they studied it and they published a pdf in like 1996 that they did a five-year right, environmental study, study that latex balloons degrade naturally in nature at the same rate as oak leaves mm. and therefore they're just adding oak leaves to the ecosystem in terms of the yeah. thing oak leaves take 35 years <laughs> to degrade into the soil that they land on. Yeah. So they literally just like Danny Ford was like, hey man, we're still doing the balloons. We need a study done. <laughs> <laughs> Oak leaves. Clemson Tom tweeted for like four months, I blame Marty Simpson. Yeah, he's got a rival named Clemson Tom who has a channel there, a YouTube channel. and He's like a folk hero there. But it's all in, you know social media. So they challenge each other. and It'd be like something you can do if y'all ever beat Alabama. <sighs> you cut me deep. Look, I'm just, really I'm just waiting on Saban. Waiting on Saban to retire. Said, March Madness this year was a big time for y'all. Yeah. I mean, I mean I'm saying I respect any good round in March Madness. No. Did I you mean, see Grant Williams got flagrant fouls last night and, and your boy Grayson Allen? Your favorite. He got kicked out of the game. It was a oh, summer league game. Oh, that's a shocker. Okay. He literally just clobbered Grant in the back of the head for no reason. I've Didn't cried, even go for the ball. I've cried in and as And they adult. kicked him out of a summer league game. I've cried as an adult last 10 years twice when Johnny yeah. W's DVD <laughs> story and when South Carolina beat Duke in the in the, uh That was amazing. 32. Oh, my gosh. It was amazing. Shevsky was like, don't foul. Don't foul. I was just like... <laughs> It was amazing. Although I'm not a fan of Frank Martin. If you knew him and were on the inside, you would love it. Really? It just, just, again, same kind of thing you were talking about, Muschamp. He's a shouty guy. All I see him do is just absolutely berate the players, you know. But but apparently it works. Like, I would take a national championship. No, but here's why you'll love Frank Martin uh, because all of his players come back. And attribute all of their success to the time they had with him. Yeah. Nobody is writing the expose article on how Frank. Nobody's Martin doing the Bobby Knight strangle. Right. It's not a Bobby yeah. Knight type, right? Yeah. Right. Well, maybe, but uh, <laughs> but I'm saying one kid, softy. <laughs> they call him Frank. They literally say they call him Frank behind the scenes. The That's problem, the name of his book, isn't it? Call me Frank. Call me yeah. Frank. The problem with Frank Martin at South Carolina was uh, Darren Horn ran the program into the ground, so 800 people were in the CLA. Uh, to see 21,000. So you just hear this big uh, 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 guy, like a um, Latina, Latino guy. What, what is it? Porter? I don't know. He's Cuban, I think. Yeah, right? yeah. And he is just, what the? And it's just echoing. Yeah, because there's nobody like to diffuse. middle school referee would be doing. <laughs> no one to just diffuse like, his oh shouting. Oh, gosh. She is on contract with this. So, <laughs> so if you didn't hear any of that, you yeah. wouldn't even know. He's just intense. So if you see the stories about him, especially when he died and came back to life, did you see that on 30 for 30? Uh, no. No. He, he, oh gosh. Was it a balloon? 
sorry. <laughs> That's funny. Why now? His, Why here? Because Clemson played at home this week. <laughs> the uh, he died and was for like ten minutes, and and his wife came into the room and they had pronounced him dead, and a and a nurse lady came in and prayed over him. Mm-hmm. Wow! And the hands on him, and like when she leaves, <clears throat> he comes back to life and is saved, and then four, like four other people saw this woman and prayed with their patients that day and this woman doesn't exist and they all believe she was an angel what like, no no it's a 30 for 30 this legit oh, I need real to watch story. it's amazing that's incredible and like, frank martin came to faith after this is that what you, yes wow. he's catholic i think though yeah. i think it's a um i mean i think it's a god faith and a jesus faith but it's not i don't think it's the, an evangelical bent to it it definitely is not a prevent foul language on the sideline bent <laughs> right it. it's but, not, it's not but i can get down with that i'm saying he's a pursuit excellence guy and he is yeah I mean, well, dude. I mean, that's that final four runs incredible. Yeah. So, no knock from me, Frank Martin. No, it was amazing. It was amazing. Like you um, said, we'll take we would take we would take a final four. I would take a final four. I thought we were going to have a final four. We were two points away from the in the final game, and Sundarius Thornwell got the flu. <sighs> our our twenty eight point SEC Player of the Year. Who was, y'all had the SEC Player of the Year, right? Yeah, Grant, Grant Williams, Williams. Two years in a row. Grant Williams. So so get to the Final Four, and then Wednesday before the the Saturday, mean. Grant Williams gets the flu. Uh, Doesn't practice for three days. That's what Cinderius Thornwell did. No and good. I was at the game, and he jogged up and down the floor. He had twelve points. He played a, like kind of hard in the last three minutes, but it was sick. I was yeah, sick. No good. But yeah. we were down fourteen in the four in the in the in the second half. Came back to take the lead with a minute left in the game, and I separated my shoulder, high fiving a guy. When it happened, <laughs> I still, it's two years, and I still need surgery. Oh no! <laughs> so wow. send your money. We'll do a GoFundMe. Isn't that send S I N D send Darius Thornwell your money? Yeah. Send your money. Yep. Wow. So we didn't talk about any of this stuff y'all plan to talk about with me doing. It. <laughs> no, we did. I, I had some things down, and this is you know we flow here. I do want to just say this, Grant yes. Williams. I watched the other night. He had like 16 points. He's playing great. Right. In summer league, now. summer league's But he, he put that spin move on that dude. Oh, I thought, I, know, I didn't I'm know he could do, I, in my mind, okay, competition's going to come up. Right. Well, inside, his size is going to be a factor. So the first far, time bro, he touched the ball, he went up two hands and just, I mean, like, he's shown that he, he well, had his he, technique. Well, we've, what we've known about Grant and Admiral, and we think, can they be whatever in the league, is they're going to play hard every play, and yeah. they're going to do the intangible things. That's what gives them a shot to be like. I see them as like a P.J. Tucker for the Rockets where it's like yeah. they're going to give you their all, and they're going to be like a 10-point-a-game guy. I don't see them either being all-stars. They're like the eighth man on a championship team. Yes. Yeah. Like I, I see Grant as like almost like Big Baby Davis on that championship team that the Celtics won with the big three. Like yeah. I see him as that guy. But he's showing me something. And what's weird is now the whole league's taking notice. My Twitter feed's just littered with stuff. Oh, yeah. Well, and he's perfect in the interview. He's the right kind of guy. Exactly. Grant Williams should do a book. So y'all y'all are in the camp. Y'all are in the camp that the NBA is not like wrestling, that it's not rigged. Yeah, Marty thinks NBA is rigged. Well, because they don't run? Well, or... They I, I, y'all need to watch some that's games. That's an episode. This is y'all need to watch some games. Episode. NBA is a great product. Now, y'all just I know need to watch the NBA. Some no, games. it has come. NBA. It has improved. The yes. current NBA. Now that Grant Williams is there, John's right. on now board. Now that Grant, my wife is watching have to root, Summer League NBA because she's such a root, huge fan. Do you understand I'm going to have to root for the Celtics this year? I'm a Lakers fan for life, and I'm going to have to cheer for the Celtics because Grant yeah. Williams made the roster. He signed his rookie contract yesterday. I saw so that. he officially got his rookie contract. So, and I was going to ask that. That does mean that he earned his way onto the roster. Because yes. he wasn't guaranteed a slot even though he yes. he got a signing bonus for being a first-rounder, yes. right? 
So, but then they then you play summer league, and after his summer league performances, they're like, okay. So he will spot. he will absolutely now be yes. in. He'll be on the bench at the real games now. Uh-huh. At least he'll so. be there. I We're think he's going to get Williams. I thought all first rounders made the team. I did too. It's, I mean, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing if you don't, don't. Yeah, uh, yeah. to that organization, not to the player. Yeah. He was late first round, but it is, yeah. They had another pick before him that they picked was the, the kind of their guy, their lottery guy. But, um, yeah, it's still a big deal. And that's what's cool about the NBA, though, is, like, the money is guaranteed, but it also is they limit their rookie contracts. It's only, like, a 2 or $3 million deal, and everybody gets the same rookie deal no matter. So you don't really get into the real money to your second deal. So they play hard, and it's just a thing. But that I'm sure that meant a lot, dude. And that's that's I don't know what his family situation is, but that's just that's a legacy changing money. It's really cool for it, him. It is, and and he's in the right kind of guy. And I do attribute a lot of that to Rick Barnes in terms. Oh, of yeah. oh, putting Rick that Barnes work at fantastic, I mean, yeah. unbelievable coach. coach. Best thing he ever did was leave Clemson. The, um, <laughs> what I'll say the about the Tennessee team him. and the South Carolina team: twenty-two-year-old grown men can go deeper in the tournament and yeah. these one and doneers the 18 year olds the kentuckys and stuff they're it's i mean i understand go to the nba and all that stuff but the the, the basketball is broken in college like, well it's when the chemistry uh flaws are exposed if you've not played together a long time versus you play a team like wofford that they're used to chucking the ball around five passes each possession they just they find the holes easier whereas yeah. if you're used to just taking the ball and going up and dunking it it's just different you run into somebody goes, well i'm just going to defend that they take your best thing away you don't know what it to does do. make me mad at kentucky though i will say this i i do think late in the tournament that the five star matters it really really does in terms of especially like sec we we beat them at least one if not both games regular season every year mm-hmm. even when our teams aren't that we almost always take them down because their guys are still figuring out how to play and then when we meet them in the conference championship game they're there. Something's like, clicked. Something yeah. they've now. Well, they got 25 games under the 18 year olds. Well, and Calipari's legit. I mean, that's not. Calipari's legit. It makes me mad. And then they did go deeper than us, I think, by one. What round. do you mean it makes you mad? Like an entitlement? Like like they should not play as hard later in the year? It makes mean? me mad that talent still trumps like teamwork at a certain level in my opinion when they get tired so again we all know like michael michael phelps they, body is just better in the water he's made he breathes differently yeah. so i think that those elite athletes the ones that are running faster than everybody else but looks like they're running slower you know i think when they get into that moment and our guys have been just working as hard as they can to get everything they can yeah. out we had all three stars right there's still a ceiling we were so all you're three stars <laughs> you want everybody to you want some wealth redistribution to our saying, team. Well, yeah. we just by the way signed. We have a five star coming in. And right now, the program is allowing that to happen. I'm just saying, what makes me mad from a fan standpoint right. of the team of three stars that are the guys you want to die for because they worked so hard all year that when it comes down to round two or three in the tournament, that the five star guys have they have more energy. Yeah, because you're playing night after night. If you keep winning, the five star guys have a better opportunity to go up and still keep. You know, doing what they do. I have more opinion. energy. I don't understand what the being in, but they play in the same number of games. I'm saying they're physically more gifted, so yeah, that in the, right, that like their body higher, holds up, their, their body holds up better after at the end of the season than the three stars. Well, body yeah, when you give all up, you have, when you give all you have in your three star, and it's an still not thing. enough. That's an interesting thing. I think that that's like, I just think that the five star is just better at the game at that point. I don't feel like it's fatigue, but. Oh, I feel like there's a physical. I mean, I feel like five star generally is not just skill set. Five star generally, <laughs> the five star general. No, I mean again, I, I'm I'm saying but the, you're right. Like Clowney, like Clowney just moved Ben out of the yeah, way. It's a freak. Be yeah, blocked and just, it was awesome. Yeah, yeah no, I, I definitely understand what you're saying. 
I think that that attitude is formed by teams that don't get the five stars. It absolutely I think is. Immediately sure. be like, well, Lattimore's awesome. Clowney's awesome. This is yeah. great. Yeah. No, well, I, I totally agree. And here's the deal: I'd rather have I'd rather have this last year's team. They're my favorite team because we've ever they're had. my favorite team again. Right. That's the Any reason my, the reason my wife is watching NBA games right now is because those boys are playing in the games, and she we loved those kids. Right. We followed them we're like all that year. With yeah, guys. love them. But I'd rather have five stars with work ethic. We're not gonna, can we not yeah. have both? <laughs> right. yeah. How do you get both? That's the yeah. thing. That's true of any walk of life, be it preachers or comedians or football players. Like Johnny's a five star comedian players. that doesn't work at all at it. Right. Yeah. Exactly. He's just like every now and then, right? Coast Joe, coasting, bro. And you know what, listener? We're like a three star podcast, but we work really hard. We grind. I'm saying, and we grind. Appreciate you listening. Yes. Is that Talk. why you got fatigued Talk during my thing? We're trying to segue to the close, Marty. Please. <laughs> Yeah, we're fatigued. We were now. very fatigued by Marty. Actually, we really enjoyed having Marty today, and thank you for being on the podcast. And we know you're going to share this as our listeners are with all of your thousands of followers, oh, that's a lot. so that they too can listen and share with their friends. I, I will guarantee you 12 to 17 likes on every post thank that you. I share on it. Beautiful. That's going to be amazing, and that's 12 to 17 more people that pushed a button on Facebook. I mean, so whatever that, we don't really know how we that translates know, into effectiveness in this line. But we did enjoy, and we do want you to share and to make sure that... Uh, leave a review, subscribe, yeah, leave a review. et cetera. We do our Ask John and Johnny, or as Johnny calls it, Ask Johnny, Ask Johnny. section. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can send questions to us via the, uh, a, a multiplicity of avenues and platforms, all kinds of ways. Twitter, you can follow Johnny at, at Johnny with an I-E underscore W. Yeah. Dude, could so you come something there. a little easier? Uh, Johnny W was already was. taken, and the guy's got four followers, and it's infuriating. Gotcha. His, fo- his photo's an egg. It's a whole thing. And or me, John underscore driver. Why are you so, underscore? You're going to pick on me? John driver's already taken too. Yeah. So, and I am not the Mennonite theologian, by the way, who writes the other books. Wait so a minute. That happens a lot. I People want to so know. Yeah. I want to do a Mennonite I podcast. I I'm you, also not that guy. No. Yeah. Marty's also not the Mennonite the- theologian named John driver, but yeah. Correct. So, <laughs> exactly. But we do appreciate you listening. Leave us that review. I'm at Marty Simpson, if that matters. At Marty Simpson. Marty Simpson. We, we just totally skipped clips, Marty. We're- tour dates. With no underscore, I'd like to say. No underscore. We- you can find tour dates. Marty's always traveling, Guys, doing don't shows. don't go look up Marty. Don't look him up. Whatever look at his clips. He's hilarious. And you can he buy his, you can, be, you can watch his special on Amazon. Ooh, nice. Amazon Prime. Yeah. Marty uh, is hilarious. I am also not the fourth place finisher on Australian Idol in 2007 marty Simpson. oh right there I, is that guy oh, yeah wow. they offered 10 grand for the dot com i was like what no wow no don't give up don't sell your soul 10 grand yeah, yeah 10 like grand's a lot of money seven or eight years ago you i was like to i'm me gonna to write your somebody. book so yeah but i didn't pay it to them <laughs> so i gave them the same deal i offered to you <laughs> <laughs> marty is hilarious and you should go check out all of his stuff go go to the archives go oh, through yeah. all of marty go take Simpson's a deep dive into marty absolutely if you will absolutely but uh next time uh, we'll be talking about more things that matter and more <laughs> things that are fun and that don't matter <laughs> all right we'll see you next time here on talk about that want to better understand the Bible and give biblical answers to those who ask you about your faith? Hi, this is Perseus Poku, host of the Sound Reasoning Podcast Show. Listen to us weekly as we bring the truth often found in the ivory towers of seminary down to the steeple towers of the local church. Join me along with many of the nation's top theologians as we offer answers to life tough questions from an apologetic perspective. Subscribe to the show at lifeaudio.com.